0: The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can
1: do something epic.
0: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate.
1: The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. And we've got some Star Wars stuff to talk about it. Uh, And here to do so, to talk about all things Star Wars and all things Mandalorian, it's Mr. Bruce Gibson. How's it going,
1: Bruce? I'm doing well. And how are you?
0: It's a very musical greeting. You're like, I I thought you were about to break into song
1: (laughs) a little bit. I, well, there is music playing in the background, so I thought, why not do it in a sing-song way?
0: And to do I know. That, great, I love that background music. I love that whole uh, intro that you cut together uh like a couple years ago. I guess it is now.
1: I know it's weird because I kind of like it too, and. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish to do it again. <laughs> like, I want <laughs> to do another, another one.
0: It's, we do refresh the show intro every couple years, so I guess it's we're coming up due, I think maybe when we enter the next phase of um, Star Wars fandom. Uh, what, do you, yeah. what do you think is the next phase of Star Wars fandom? Because I feel oh, like I there's always I eras. Know. There's always eras.
1: Well, I just think the next stage of fandom is the time when no fans are complaining. That would have to be the next phase.
0: That's no, that, because that, that that will never happen. <laughs> Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> okay. That's well, then I mean. there's no other phase. Oh wait, yeah. So you think there'll be a new phase, like when the new movies come out, maybe in a few years?
0: Maybe because in, in not unlike the way that Marvel does phases of superhero movies, I feel like with the sequel trilogy ending and the end of the um, I guess the the end of the spinoffs as we know it when they announce the next set of films, that'll sort of be the next phase of Star Wars fandom in some ways.
1: It seems so odd, doesn't it? Like, another phase, like a fandom, another generation. Like We keep living through all these, you know? It's so weird. Like, oh, we're starting over again, another phase.
0: Well, I think uh, there was a time when Star Wars, the idea of associating Star Wars with a phrase like phase... It seems really odd, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know. It, like like seeing Star Wars, e- even the prequels. I I don't. We, we saw a sort of a part of this enshrined hallmark, this library of mythology, come coming straight from the mountain from George Lucas himself. And in the Disney era, that's kind of gone to the wayside because there's going to be new films coming out, kind of in perpetuity. Perpetuity, right? Like I I don't know.
1: Well, you know, when you're speaking of phases, I'm thinking, what what are the phases? Of course, the first phase was when the original trilogy came out. Yeah. I would say the second phase was probably when Timothy Zahn's novels, the Thrawn trilogy, came out and okay. started the EU. Okay, all right, but a I like smaller this. phase. Yeah, you so, so you're but talking ninety
0: one to ninety seven, right? Uh, the right. I think the, we we can usher in. Actually, no, I would actually ri- wrap that all together. I would do ninety one to ninety nine. I would include the special editions, the re releases, yes. the uh, the EU, Power of the Force the action figures, the you know, Dark Horse comics, I think all of that kind of belongs in its own era. I like era more than phase, maybe. Era.
1: Yeah, era. <laughs> I think you're right, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, uh, uh,
0: the third era, uh, it sounds more like Lord of the Rings, the third era, um, the third age <laughs> of Star Wars was the, uh, the prequel era, of course. Yes. And then I think prequels wrapped up, and I don't know if... Um, I I think we would probably have to include Clone Wars into that That's what I was thinking. era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know it brought in a new generation as well, but I think that was fairly niche culturally speaking. I, I think largely Clone Wars sort of wraps up with the prequels, as far as you know generational Star Wars goes. And then I really do think that fateful uh, what November twenty twelve I think is when they made the announcement. Um, where it is 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 the Disney. Is the first Disney era, which I feel like closed with Rise of Skywalker. It's it it's kind of interesting because so are, I th- are we in mm-hmm.
1: a new era now though with Mandalorian?
0: I don't think so. I think Mandalorian and Disney Plus sort of get to tag along, kind of like Clone Wars did. Yeah. Although, I mean, Mandalorian's a big deal, but it's it's not the next live-action film. It doesn't have the same weight to it. Intentionally so, by the way. John Favreau, in, in um, interviews a couple weeks ago that were circulating, was talking about how they benefited from the lack of expectations and the lack of baggage from previous characters.
1: I saw that. Uh, a yeah. lot
0: in season one. So I, I think that's an intentional thing where it's not as, quote-unquote, a big deal as as uh, Star Wars goes. But you know what is a big deal? <laughs> I was waiting for you, Bruce. I'm waiting. <laughs> I don't like, know what is the big uh, the, the a trailer? big deal. Uh, yeah, the trailer. Let's get to it. Say, uh, say it the way you like reports. to. Say it. Yeah. Yes, I have the news? Data brought to us by the bottom spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen. Listen. Whose safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi.
1: You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way.
0: You know this is no place for a
1: child. So I've heard.
0: Just a little note of the Mandalorian theme
1: right there at the end. What would you think, Bruce? Ah, oh, this is the way. This is the trailer. I love it. The tra- the tra- but, you know, there's not a whole lot given here. You know, because I showed my <laughs> wife this, and she's just like, oh, well, it seems like he's just looking for Jedi because of the child. And it's like, well, we kind of already know that, and we're hearing dialogue from the previous season. So, I mean, we're getting great visuals and little sneak peeks at those visuals, of course, through uh, what we're going to see in this season, but we're not really getting any more information about the- no, the story, you know, it's, which I appreciate. Actually, I was
0: going to ask you about that. They, they seem pretty restrained about any of these, you know, rumored appearances of Ahsoka Tano or maybe Bo Katan or your know, Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett or Captain Rex. Like all these rumors that have been swirling around Mandalorian, they didn't. They didn't drop a a hint. It was. It was. I mean, is vague? Fair to say?
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing is, we do see this apparent jedi yes. with a cloak that's sasha banks and there's you know talk people saying that they thought she was going to be sabine but i mean if she's a jedi probably not yes
0: well and let's let's dig straight into that because i saw uh there were i didn't even know this i don't follow rumors that that closely to be honest but i noticed that um sasha banks was originally rumored to play sabine um, Saucer Breaks, by the way, I think she's a, uh, another US, yeah, WWE fighter. So following, yes. following along with the, uh, tradition of, uh, Cara Dune's character. Um, What's the actress? Why? Why? Why is my brain not functioning? You know. You know what I'm talking about. Gina Carano. Yes. Uh, so following in the following in the footsteps of Gina Carano, there's rumors that she was going to be in it, and it looks a lot like her. And then she kind of retweeted the trailer. I noticed this afternoon. So it's her. It's it's her. But whether or not that's Sabine remains remains a bit of a question. The context of the trailer is right as he's talking about these sorcerers, these Jedi. So of course they're kind of leading us to that path. But anybody who remembers the Last Jedi trailer. Bruce, do you remember sitting, we were literally in your basement watching it for the first time, and she's like, I want to find my place in all this. And and then, you know, uh, it, the shot cuts over to Kylo Ren. You're like, What?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> of course,
0: in the that. final film, she's talking to Luke. She's, right. she's not like joining Kylo Ren. Uh, so that was usually. Well, they're they not. They try
1: to deceive you, right? Well,.
0: I would actually say that was the last Jedi marketing there. At least that, that particular example, I would say, is the exception and not the rule with Star Wars. Um, what you, but they could be going that direction. Do you think so? Or do you think that they're playing it straight, that she's some kind of Jedi in, that, in the way that they're alluding to with the the voiceover in the trailer?
1: Uh, I don't know. I feel like this one's playing it pretty straight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it may may not. It just may the it may be that they want us to believe that's a Jedi, so that we can be surprised later and find out it's not. That really is Sabine.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I think there's a l- largely speaking with some of these other cameos and stuff that everybody combs through these trailers so much. We've been through this. We've been through this rigmarole so many times of trailers drops. Everybody takes all the screen grabs. We analyze it every little appearance. And in some ways, I think Dave Filoni's maybe been burned a little bit certainly maybe he's learned the lesson of hey i'm not going to show the clone commandos in the trailer because then everybody's going to think that there's an entire republic commando series of episodes when in fact those were the Meeburgascon Gascon episodes
1: <laughs> remember that <Right>. yeah exactly <laughs> a sunny no, day in the void I, I, I think there's been examples of that uh, even outside of star wars where you know the trailer gives you an impression that's going to be one thing and then it's something else and everyone's disappointed (laughs) you know sometimes sometimes that happens but no i do feel like it might be straightforward in this case um but it's just that they're not giving us a lot of information
0: i think so but let's go through let's actually go through what what they have given us and, and screen rant put together kind of breakdown, which we'll include in the show notes for this episode. Um, you can just, oh, on, so
1: you're cheating. I know. I you know, didn't I'm, do the research yourself.
0: Uh, no, listen, I, I could pretend that I went through and caught all the Easter eggs, but that would be lying. And I would never do that. Okay. Well,
1: this is good. far be I, I, it for me. Yeah. I haven't read anything about this. So I want to know about Easter eggs.
0: So, um, the opening shot, we see the razor crest approaching this unknown planet and it is in freaking bad shape. And I think this is the opening of the series. It's a it's, it's a very Star Wars smash cut into the middle of the story, Razorcrest is beaten to crap. It's literally the the back hatchway is open, the engine compartments look all busted up. Uh it is not looking so great. Um but I think that's the opening of the episode. I um, it
1: would be a great way to open it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then
0: the voiceover we hear it, it probably sounds familiar, Bruce. Um, because it's literally pulled straight from season one. Emily swallows the armorer and it's the exact monologue that she has about the child. So it connects us with her character and with season one, which they really kind of saved till the end to um, open up the pursuit of Yoda's people, Yoda's kin, his kind, as she says. But um, she, she instructs her fellow Mandalorian to head and search for the Jedi, the enemy sorcerers, so that Baby Yoda can be with his own people, and so this kind of reinforces that um, arc for the uh, for the season that is going to be. Hey, his mission is to carry Baby Yoda home. Not just keep him safe, but now he has kind of a mission.
1: Yeah, and as I was saying to my wife tonight, because she said, oh, well, the trailer looks like, you know, he'll just be going from planet to planet looking for Jedi. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's what you would assume, but maybe we're just being told what the first episode or two is, and then we get, he finds Jedi, and the rest of the season just builds and builds beyond that.
0: John Favreau, in his interview that we we talked about it last week, but, um, didn't really park on it too much, didn't really analyze it too much. But Bruce, he explicitly talked about how there's a sort of turning point in the season where they kind of expand the stories. And he specifically referenced how Game of Thrones would take different characters and really evolve and follow them along a different path. And so Game of Thrones as a, as a long run series had a strengthened story where you became really invested in certain characters, but then they would kind of take a left turn with other characters and build up their story. And then suddenly you'd be sort of more invested in them. And so as the series progressed, the more complex the plot lines got, but also the more characters you got invested in. And yes. so the whole world kind of became more and more meaningful for you. I was, That's the optimistic version. Um yeah. I've seen some worry about the Game of Thrones comparison because I think a lot of people thought Mandalorian strength was its simplicity, it just focusing on, you know, the Mandalorian. Do you think do you did that quote concern
1: you at all, Bruce? No, if anything, it got me excited. But I understand what other fans' concerns would be because, yeah, I mean, when we got in the first season, we're focused really on this character and some of the side characters, and it's a slow build. I would like to see that build then move a little quicker and expand beyond uh, these characters into other storylines, but I don't think it would go as far as Game of Thrones. I don't think it would be that complex. I think what Jon Favreau is probably saying is, branching out a little more like game of thrones but i don't think they're going to go as far as that it'd probably be a third of that in yeah. my opinion
0: interesting because there's a
1: certain sauce you know the way this this show's been cooked you're not just going to change it that drastically in the middle of it
0: i mean and also because it's it wasn't like it was poorly received right it's historically Mind-break successful thing. yeah exactly i i really think so i i would um i i, I think that maybe that turning point in the season is where they will bring in some of these other rumored characters. I could very much, cause you're talking about going and finding the Jedi. And the reality is there ain't that many Jedi to go find. I mean, with rebels, you've got sort of the fate of Ed- Ezra Bridger. We don't really know it. We don't know what happened to him. Ahsoka's r- wandering around out there, but you know what I mean? Like we have um, the po- the post return of the Jedi era doesn't have that many force sensitives other than, You know, Luke and Leia floating around out there
1: somewhere. Yeah. And why not? It could be them. (laughs) But, of course, we know why it probably wouldn't be because the actors are too old. I don't know if they'll recast them. I doubt it. But, you know, we may get little hints. Yeah. That maybe they are tracking them down or maybe they, you know, maybe the Mandalorian arrived somewhere and just missed Luke you know oh i hear luke skywalkers here (laughs) like an elevator
0: elevator opens and closes
1: (laughs) Oh lord. just like something dumb like that well guess what what
0: he's going back to tatooine
1: is he we're on tatooine saw the bantha you saw the
0: bantha the freaking bantha listen banthas only live in one place we all know that do Um, they really and that's in death valley california (laughs) <laughs> uh no no um no you see that shot and we actually do know that they're returning to tatooine which i don't like wait sorry was that out loud was it i don't listen I don't this is that. first impression this is first impression right my i'm open to my mind being changed but the the tatooine episode was one of my least favorites last season and i i really hope if they do go to tatooine that there is some significance as to why um, and maybe, and, and tying that into maybe the pursuit of Jedi, and that's where Luke Skywalker grew up. Something like that would be pretty cool. But, hmm.
1: Yeah, we really do need a reason because Tatooine is just way out there. I mean, it's always been presented as being like a place nobody really goes to. I know it's not Jakku, but it's like Jakku. Like, yeah. Why do we keep going back to Tatooine? Why? There's nothing there, you know. But it's there's got to be a calling. There's something there. You know, it's almost like, you know, if you think about Jesus and Jerusalem and all that, maybe there's just like something that just brings someone to that place. Yeah. There's something special about it.
0: it they, I mean, they certainly reinforced that in Rise of Skywalker. Like the significance yeah. of not just Tatooine, but the homestead. And that's not foreign to Star Wars, by the way. I know a lot of people didn't like that. But the idea of a place having spiritual significance... Especially
1: um, when the Chosen One is born there.
0: Yeah. Well, and you, you look at um, after the, the cave in Dagobah, even the Jedi the Temple itself is sort of a place of spiritual significance. And then Dave Filoni got into that with some of the the temples in Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. it be interesting to see. Um, the other planet that we have, this isn't, isn't named, but I've seen a lot of speculation that it might be Ilum, the snowy planet. Um, which I think would be pretty, pretty freaking cool. There's this one kind of shot of the Razor Crest flying over. it. You're right; it is sort of the ra- the Razor cre- Crest hopping from planet to planet. Um, now, for Ilum, just sort of the the rundown right here post Return of the Jedi. This is pre. The, the, eventually, it will become Star Killer Base. Um, however, in the meantime, it's still the location for like all the ky- kyber crystals and making of lightsabers, which has been canonized in both, uh, clone wars and, um, not to forget, uh, Jedi fallen order more on Jedi fallen order at the end of the show, by the way.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> I have that, but I haven't played it in such a long time because I can never get to the TV. Everybody's always hogging it. for some reason.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, we already talked a little bit about Sasha uh, Banks. We do see, and I liked these, a uh, little uh, seafaring, a ship in Star Wars. Yes.
1: We, I love this. this right? This is probably my favorite part about it. Well,
0: walk, walk me through what you saw like, and what jumped out to you most.
1: Well, first of all, I like it's a ship on water. It feels like a pirate ship. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So I love that aspect of it. And then we have the um, what are they? the, the Corin. Yep. race or whatever on there i mean that's cool too so we're seeing a bunch of them mm-hmm. uh what else uh well that's, I where, think we that's see- where the jedi and the cloak is
0: that's where we see uh, sasha banks character uh yes. right there it's kind of uh, i'm i'm gonna play this clip again here i love the establishing shot of it it kind of looks like a hammerhead a converted hammerhead corvette that, that that they like just plopped into the ocean
1: oh i haven't looked at that yet
0: yeah but, yeah, you see even it, it's a very piratey vibe. You even see, like, the large ropes. And in this shot here, you can hear that sound. X-Wings. But it looks like they're friendly. I don't think you see literally them pulling up alongside. Um, yeah. The Mandalorian. Maybe he's, maybe it's like he's heading to cloud city and instead of cloud cars zooming out to intercept, it's X-Wings.
1: I don't know, but that was my next favorite thing was the X-Wings.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. And we get to see uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga. Grief Karga, by the way, sporting some pretty fancy swanky new digs. He's looking fancy
1: schmancy. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he got that at Macy's.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah, I, I I look forward to, and I think this is back on the same planet that um, se- the end of season one took place. Um, I wish I could, I wish I could remember the name off of the top of my. head.
1: Oh, it's called uh uh the planet.
0: No, that's <laughs> Navarro. I had to cheat, Navarro.
1: Oh, Navarro. I was yeah. going to say baby planet.
0: So we, we, we see, <laughs> uh, we see uh, Grief Karga and Cara Dune hanging out on Navarro is what it looks like. And we also see uh, Imperial troopers dashing down an unrecognizable hallway, I think probably also on Navarro just because there seems to be still an Imperial presence. We see that some of the TIE fighters. Uh, located there. So I think that's Giancarlo Esposito's character with the dark saber cliffhanger. I think that'll pick up um, back on Navarro. I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Hmm. And then finally, we got a couple things. We have the Mandalorian trapped in some water, using his freaking jet pack. Um, oh, and then <laughs> Baby Yoda hiding <laughs> closing his little crib.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. poor little guy. Um,
0: Lord. and then
1: fighting in Yeah,
0: I I love it. I love it. So, and this is sort of at a. <laughs> speaking of WWE, it's at this sort of you know wrestling hall is what it looks like for this big shootout fight at the end of the movie. Um, which
1: does WWE own like a piece of the show? Because it seems like there's a lot of connections. There's
0: got to be a producer or somebody somewhere. I don't know. You, yeah, Wasn't
1: it, John Favreau, wasn't he a wrestler for WWE? <laughs> it's literally like,
0: a, I don't know, an octagon, basically. It literally is. It's like an octagon. And they have, in one shot, right before the end, two Gamorians. Um And they're kind of buff, skinnier Gamorreans.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it looks hilarious. It's like they've worked out. You know?
0: They're welding their axes, just like in Return of the Jedi. And then... Um, we get a little more right here let's take a listen to this quote
1: so I've heard
0: yep and he closes it Baby Yoda out (laughs) and and we see uh, the Mando take everybody out very consistent with the theme of season one and And then then we
1: see the title card that has Baby Yoda in it now oh yeah
0: A the child, the child, the, tri- the child. I was in, I was in Walmart today, and I saw a crap ton of baby Baby Yoda merch, and it was all I could do not to buy all of it. I'm not even gonna lie, oh,
1: yeah. I'll have to go there get it, some for my wife. I was,
0: it was well, well stocked. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, have got to say, yeah. I, I, going back to our first point, uh, that you brought up, I liked the trailer. It didn't really show me and I'm conflicted because it didn't really show me anything to get me much more excited than I already would have been. But I, in some ways I like that. I think it keeps my expectations low and this is the flagship. This is the flagship star Wars of 2020. This is the, this is the biggest it's going to get this year as far as star Wars releases. And so I think the fact that they're holding back some cards, which I'm confident they are. I'm con- I'm confident Ahsoka is going to show up, but instead of like, showing her in the trailer and getting everybody hyped up. She may just be in one episode briefly and uh, maybe send the Mando along his way. Um, but that'll be probably more fun if we don't get to see it until it actually happens in the episode.
1: Yeah, you know, we just need to be grateful that we're lucky enough to get this this year because with COVID and a lot of production stopping, mm. there's a lot of delays. Yeah. Thankfully, this was done before that, or at least most of it was done so we can get it now. But here's the thing. This is why I predict. I predict that in this trailer, we're only seeing scenes from the first two episodes. Maybe there's so? one scene or some shot that's from a third episode, but I believe it's only the first two episodes. And then to your point about Ahsoka, if we see Ahsoka, how much you want to bet they're going to say that for the end of the last episode of the season? And then we have to wait till next season.
0: Yeah. Or certainly the second half, just hearing Jon Favreau talking about a turning point in the season. Maybe that's where they come in. Uh, Ahsoka, Connect, Sabine, Ezra, any, any of these um, Dave Filoni char- <laughs> you know, characters that we could see um, become a part of it.
1: And maybe it's just Ahsoka walking by, and she just says hi, and that's all it is. And then we'll be like, "That's it, that's mm-hmm. it, that's all we get of Ahsoka just walking by saying hi." Yeah, hey, remember Sky Guy? <laughs> Sky Guy. <laughs> oh gosh, um, so we'll get more than that.
0: It would be uh, that would kind of be hilarious, though. I would, I would love, 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 love
1: to see that. Well, to uh, your point, though, I mean, he's seeking out Jedi. There aren't that many left, mm. so Ahsoka's, so she is out there, so. Yeah. Why not? Why not? It's true.
0: And it's funny because we're not even, I feel like there's more Jedi and more le- remnants of the the Jedi Order after Revenge of the Sith than there are for the Jedi Order after Return of the Jedi. Which is funny enough because it was supposed to be the Return of the Jedi. But, you, you know, all we know is sort of vaguely about Luke Skywalker trying to restart the Jedi Temple and failing. And he doesn't really have a lot of, like, buddies to do it with
1: um i don't know it's kind of interesting to see so i'm excited you think we'll see like a little kylo ren well not kylo ren but ben solo oh a little a little ben solo because you know so, he, no. uh, he is strong with the force and maybe i'm not saying we're going to see it this season but they could do something like that disney a cameo
0: disney and lucasfilm i think one hallmark for good or for for ill one hallmark of the of the company it, uh as they've handled Star Wars has been one that's somewhat i would say reactive to fan demand in some in in some ways and the, and the way i can best illustrate that is i think they perceived when when the purchase first happened um they had all these projects on the uh on, on you know on the docket they had the 1313 video game they had uh, early drafts or the force unleashed three they had um clone wars going o- ongoing they had uh, all of the dark horse comics that were still ongoing and they really said uh, and they had those 3d re-releases all going on remember it, we forget how much star wars was actually happening right before the purchase um certainly not new movies Uh, But I think they were kind of reactive in in that they sort of said, hey, this is the Star Wars that, you know, that this is the remnants of, of Star Wars. This is after the movies come out. This is no longer mainstream. This is the Star Wars that's continuing on just to support the core fandom. It's not reaching out to anybody new. There's no new theatrical releases. This is a smaller world of Star Wars, particularly with the prequels. And the prequel era, including Clone Wars, the, the re-releases, I just think, and, and their focus on talking about the original trilogy and all the marketing material, I, I think that showed that Disney at that time was in a place where they really thought the prequels were, it, to put most charitably, I could say, no longer relevant to a wide audience of potential Star Wars fandom. Uh, that they were trying to capture with the new movies, in the worst case, I think that they they kind of bought the narrative that the the prequels were universally hated, right? Um, therefore, canceling the Clone Wars, and therefore canceling the three D re releases of of Episode Two and Episode Three, which right. honestly were right in line with what happened with the special editions leading into they they had it teed up right there. The work had been done. We we forget that that all the work on those three D conversions was was done, pretty much.
1: Yeah, where are those? Why can't we get those?
0: But I think that's they're like, well, this will be a distraction from what we want Star Wars to be, because yeah. we think that it'll reach this this massive audience, and all the the hardcore people will be there anyway. So even when we axe Clone Wars and cancel the video games and uh, cancel uh, um, and and uh, uh, close down all of LucasArts and the re-release is like that that's okay because we've got the the new coming out and and frankly that's fan fans were i think accepting of that like well it's just the price to pay you know we've got the new movies coming out and i i guess the illustration i'm putting I, i'm trying the connection i'm trying to draw to now bruce is i, I think with mandalorian they're realizing they're kind of swinging going to swing the opposite way where all these characters and 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 um, storylines that have really appealed to the hardcore Star Wars fandom. Because listen, you know who's not mainstream? Ezra Bridger. I'm sorry. but uh, Sorry, Star Wars Rebels. But like that that's not what the average person thinks of when they think Star Wars. But neither is an unnamed Mandalorian. They could have just gone Boba Fett. They could have gone flashy. They could have gone with what they think everybody likes. But I think they've learned their lesson that being reactive, not to core fandom, but being reactive to what they think a larger, you know, pop culture today needs Star Wars to be to be relevant and exciting that just doesn't work. Um and I and I think the Mandalorian season 2 is one of their first chances post sequel trilogy to to get that right and with season 1, frankly they knocked it out of the park.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I yeah when you think of Star Wars, I think most people think of the original trilogy, and they think of Luke and Leia and Han and Darth Vader, Darth Vader for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's not so true now. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, maybe there's a generation, when you say Star Wars, they their minds go straight to prequels, and maybe there's even a younger generation, their minds go straight to the sequel trilogy. But I still believe that at the heart of it, that most people do think of that original trilogy time span that era see i'm going back to era again but yeah that's what i think works about the mandalorian because it makes you feel like it's star wars because it's going back to that time and like you said going to tatooine and and just seeing familiar aliens and familiar locations or locations that feel familiar and scenes that feel familiar And I think that's one thing that franchises have a hard time dealing with is they don't want to go to the familiar too much, but they know they have to because if it doesn't feel familiar, people don't feel like it feels like that franchise. So it doesn't feel like Star Wars. And so if you stay in that era, knowing that you can't have Luke, Leia, and Han because those actors, you know, they're too old or they're gone, or you'd have to recast them and maybe they don't want to go through the recasting process, but just stay in that period of time, you don't have to have those characters but if you're close enough to it, or maybe has something that somewhat connects to their stories lightly, then it's gonna feel more like Star Wars. That's how Mandalorian feels to me. You is, know? That, is that its success, do you think? I think that's part of it, because when I listen to people talk online, they talk about this feels like Star Wars. And it's not I mean, some of it's the pacing, you know, because again, when you look at the original trilogy, especially episode four, the first movie you know the pacing the and the story isn't that complex compared to the others, and I think John Favreau said that also in the recent interview. It's like I feel like in nowadays in movies they try to put so much in and they try to make the storylines a little too complex. and then what happens, they build a script that's too detailed, and then the movie's too long, and then they got chop things up, and people say, "Oh, there's plot holes and this doesn't make sense and mm. whatever well, because things are on the cutting room floor. Make it simple, stupid
0: <laughs> well. It's interesting because I would agree with you, except for it's odd, to, because that doesn't apply to the prequels. The, the prequels didn't have the same simplicity as the original trilogy. They
1: yeah, were- but everybody, tons of people were complaining about the prequels back then.
0: Yeah, back then. Man, how 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 that's changed, right?
1: Right. Well, but- because you know why? We've become more familiar with it. It doesn't seem as complex, We've seen, we've we've watched them so many times, and we know the story so well that now it doesn't seem that's jarring to us anymore. We're used to it; it's that familiar. Going back to the familiar, and that's what people respond to. If it feels familiar, then they like it.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I it's it's funny because like even now in the in the news this week, actually I tossed it in the notes, but Liam Neeson was on uh, Sirius XM. I didn't have time to pull the audio quotes, but in the story, it's really fascinating. Two bit, two main things came from it. And he he talks about why he's to this day is very proud of the Phantom Menace. uh, And uh, kind of comes to the uh, defense of Ahmed Best and, and talks about how, how distressed he was by how, you know, much that, that character and the, and, and through that character, Ahmed Best himself was attacked by a lot of the, uh, the critics. Um, yeah, this is on Andy Cohen's show, but, uh, he says about the Phantom Menace, quote, I like the film. I'm proud of it and proud to have been part of it. I got to be a Jedi. I got to play those wonderful, with those, uh, wonderful lightsabers and stuff. It was terrific. Andy, it really was. And, and I thought that's, that's like, it's so gratifying to see, especially an an actor like Liam Neeson, who's gone on to such an illustrious career. If there's any parallel, to Alec Guinness's role with the Star Wars franchise, the prequel version is—it's got to be Liam Neeson, who's gone on to have a, a storied career as an actor in very serious films, and then he's kind of had the second renaissance as like an older action star um, with all the Taken movies and stuff like that. But it's kind of interesting to see, even even you know, this week the prequels are sort of back in the news and back in this public conversation.
1: Yeah, cuz now it's nostalgia. You know, it's like it's this it feels different now because it's older, you know. <laughs> it's like it's something about like with Star Wars, it ages well. I mean, yeah. the sequel trilogy, I think in 20 years people are going to be talking about it as something wonderful and it was great and it's better now that I've seen it than the first time I went back and watched it and it's better than I gave it credit for back then. And I'm sure we're going to hear all that stuff. And if you think about the five new movies that have come out in the Disney era, which do you think is the one that most fans have accepted and liked the most? Of the five movies
0: of the five movies, which one's the most accepted and liked
1: by fans,
0: by fans,
1: Like, like hardcore star Wars fans. Probably Rogue I would One. Say Rogue, Rogue
0: One or The Force Awakens, one of those two for me. I think Rogue One though.
1: I would think Rogue One. And you know why I think? Is because it's mostly it, because it's closely connected to the original trilogy. It has that feel. It has familiar locations, it has familiar aliens. It's that being that's the familiarity of things. And then, you know, Solo could have that, but it's a different actor playing Han Solo, so he doesn't mm. feel that familiar. So it's jarring
0: it almost by doing a solo movie and having all these familiar elements, the millennium Falcon, Chewbacca, um, the Kessel run, but it's almost sort of this, uh, so solo to this day is still kind of the uncanny Valley effect of it's just being a little weird that it's not Harrison Ford as much as I love the movie. Solo. I think Solo is a great movie. I was just rewatching it a couple weeks ago.
1: I love it. And that's, billy d williams but these actors i thought did a great job but i think people just didn't accept it yeah because it's not the original actors and there's also the well do we really need a han solo origin story but regardless of that i again i just think the closer you are to this era at least at this point uh in this day and age i think the better you are
0: you're listening to the Star Wars report faster, more intense uh, m- man there's there's still so much to talk about Bruce we We've barely even touched on and uh, we haven't even talked about the the new Star Wars squadrons uh, short.
1: Oh my gosh wait have we started the
0: show? Oh wait, <laughs> wait
1: heard the shows
0: that wasn't the all, all the pre
1: show <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just talking before we start. <laughs> Yeah, just
0: all no. 40 minutes. No, um, I, I have a question. Have you seen this, the, this squ- Star Wars Squadron uh, short called Hunted? No. My God. We're getting a reaction. I thought that I was suspicious because with the Mandalorian trailer today, this only just came out yesterday. Uh, I could see where it'd be easy to lose track of it. So I'm going to go ahead and send you the link. Uh, if you guys have not seen it at home, check the show notes. We'll have it here. But... Uh, i'll 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 queue it up and let me know when you're ready and i'll hit play sir
1: okay i am ready and 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 then bruce
0: i'll um i, I won't pl- i'm gonna let you play the whole thing and we probably won't leave the whole audio and it's about six minutes but it's worth it's totally worth watching so i'm kind of excited uh if you're ready i am zero it out in a three two one play <laughs>
1: Again, again, I want to see it again. See it again.
0: (laughs) See, I'm so glad we got we can get your live reaction.
1: Wow. I had no idea this was out there. This is so cool. Like I'm watching this thing thinking like, okay, this is going on for a while. Like is this in the game or is this just like a teaser to the game?
0: It's a short film promoting the game. It's kind of it's it's very much in the vein of those old Republic cinematics. Remember those?
1: Oh, those were great.
0: I mean, I liked it almost as much. It was so good. Um and it got me more pumped for the game. I, I don't know. I actually don't know if it has a story mode. I hope it does cuz I I kind of want to follow this character. Seems like a badass. It's like the 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 uh down on their luck, the underdogs are the imps. Wars over imp.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I I loved it.
1: Wow. I, I was watching it thinking like, oh, you're going to tell me to stop watching it after a while. and I was like, I can't stop. No, no, no,
0: exactly. No, <laughs> I wanted no. to see
1: the whole thing. Yeah, it's like seven minutes long.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's slightly nuts. Um, I absolutely loved it. I, I It's one of those things like there's not exactly that much to say about it other than I loved it and it makes me more hyped for the game because I don't really necessarily like um, flight sim type games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to give this one a try. I'm excited. I, I just another entry into the Star Wars gaming world that hopefully won't suck.
1: It a lot to me.
0: <laughs> As you wish. Like
1: Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done, Bruce. You didn't like Jedi Fallen Order? So
0: this is the. This is the on-again, off, on off-again on off again relationship of my life. Um, seriously, Bruce. I, I don't even know how to describe it. But this is the third time I've given a very serious hack with with lots of time. I'm working night shift these days. So when I have time off at night, I, I, it's literally just me in the apartment here. Um, and I'm like, all right, I've got it. I've got some time budget to decide. I'm going to now again try to go for jedi fallen order i have it set i am not a gamer guys you know this but i enjoy playing video games there there are many that i I love battlefront 2 i'm not a complete novice i grew up my gaming platform of choice back in high school was the psp actually Mm -hmm. um i'm a big fan um so I, i i enjoy games um but I have to say, w- with this third try, I ran into, once again, um, very critical game design flaws that just make it unapproachable for a non-hardcore, puzzle-oriented gamer. Really? And that's a real shame, because the story is every bit as engaging as The Force Unleashed, if not more so. Incredible yeah. story. Incredible story. Incredible graphics, action, all the planets wielding your lightsaber, the, the the combat's pretty fun I actually made the combat frankly the combat's a little too easy just on story mode what's not easy are the puzzles however I figured them out right I actually there's there are some different um, um, puzzles throughout some of the some of the levels that you have to figure out to proceed and that's fine I, like it took me a while there are some game design elements that made them very slippery and difficult. But if you, like, look up YouTube tutorials, then you can get through. However, that means you're looking up YouTube tutorials to get through a game level. (laughs) So I found myself there already a little perturbed. But the sort of final straw that broke the camel's back um, was when... I'm trying to remember the uh, planet names. Fallen, Order, Planets. Because I I actually... Because I know some of you guys played this game. And you're probably probably yelling at your... iPhone because of how how much uh, I suck at these kinds of games, but that's fine. Listen, Uh, Zepho. So, about the second or third time I go back and forth to Zepho, uh, the planet Zepho, you finish a mission. uh, You find it's literally a sort of Ark of the Covenant. Find the talisman. Confront this character. This part of the story proceeds, and then you go back. But here's the problem. This is literally the game design. Every time you complete a mission on one of these planets, they have very in-depth, huge world maps, which are great. They're awesome. But they're also very, very complex and multi-layered. They're usually five, or five to ten layers or levels to the map that you yeah. can travel to and from between uh, taking different elevators um, and different paths. I literally on on Zepho got to the end of the mission, and they and they say, "All right, go back to the ship." And that's what they do every time you finish on a planet, you finish a mission, you then have to literally find your way back to the uh, to the ship that you took off from. So you have to. It, it's sort of like if you played Super Mario Brothers, and when you jumped on the flag, it's like, "Congrats, you can go to the next level." After <laughs> you walk all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> Right, so it's like right after you hear the sound, doodly, 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 and then you just have to walk back, do, 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 just listening to the music the whole way back as you will just walk back to the first level, and you do this for every mission, and and I spent about half an hour trying to find my way back on Zepho. This is an intensely personal, grumpy rogue transmission. Sorry. No,
1: guys. I, I can relate to this because I mean I, I haven't got to play it a whole lot, like I say, 'cause because I. Never can seem to get the access to it it's just horrible
0: game design Uh, the the force unleashed had very similar game design and puzzles but when you finished you would be uh pushed forward in the story back to the ship where you would travel to the next planet same exact kind of story design where you're traveling to different locations as the story proceeds but you don't have to freaking walk back and i think they did it literally just to sort of boost gameplay time because you hear you hear uh, i'm targeting you gamers for a minute i hear like oh man it was too short of a game like oh it's only like it take, take, take you can beat it in five hours there i think they're artificially just inflating the play time so that you have to just fight your way back through even though you're done with the quest to get back to the ship to then proceed with the story and so yes this is a highly specific gaming complaint version of rogue transmissions but in the so in so doing uh, especially with the to the wise words of my wife after I kind of told her was talking about this frustration, which you can my imagine how how, right how thrilled she was as I was <laughs> complaining about the Fallen Order game design to her. But she's like, I just you you have to admit that when it's not fun anymore. And it's just not designed for you. It's this game. And that's the sad thing. This game is not designed for someone who wants to go just slash some stormtroopers, go on an adventure, solve some puzzles, and, um, you know, immerse yourself in the world of Star Wars and learn a cool new story. That is not who this game is for. The game is for, if you like all of those things, but are also willing to suffer through really complex needlessly complex game puzzle design and 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 additional travel all the way across freaking levels that you've already just been through so that's my uh the final word i will not be listen i'm not coming back to this x i'm not (laughs) there's no reunification there's no making up uh i've officially broken up with fallen order
1: (laughs) oh man now I don't know if I want to go back and play it. <laughs>
0: watch it on YouTube, man. Just watch it on YouTube. That's what I did.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, And the thing is, I'm at that part right now. I mean, I know that's where I left. Like, I completed the puzzle, and now I have to head back to my ship. That's the next thing I have to do. And in some <laughs> respects, that's why I haven't forced my kids off the TV or the Xbox One to say, it's my turn, because I'm like, no, oh, you know. I just have to walk back to the ship. It's not that exciting right <laughs> <It's> now. <laughs> Please, if
0: you are a if you are a gamer and uh, and you love Fallen Order stuff, it, it, it hit, hit me up. Where am I wrong? Is, it, is this a, a unique problem or, or game design issue? Or is this an issue with other games too? I'm really curious if this is a complaint that other gamers have because I don't want the game to be 30 hours long. I will pay full price for a great Star Wars game that immerses me in the world for uh, 10 hours, five hours. I will, I will do that. Um, Same. but, um, Same here. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's uh, what, what are you up to? Bruce <laughs> <laughs> This is the most negative Boba's bounty we've ever had.
1: I want to go back to playing on my Atari 2600. <laughs> now. Amen. Br- Amen. Brother, <laughs> which I still have, by the way. Nice. Uh, and all my cartridges, the whole thing. Um, but what have I been doing Star Wars? really? Well, you know, I'm, I, I know what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to do a whole rewatch of season one of The Mandalorian. Because I want to time it so it's like I'm just, you know, I know I can't do it weekly because I, I probably have a little, yeah, I'm beyond that right now yeah. with time. But, you know, maybe like watch a couple episodes a week and then as soon as I hit the last episode, mm. it's like now I'm going into season two. So yeah. that's what I want to be doing.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, you know what? Maybe we'll uh, do our own little virtual watch party, uh, maybe with the patrons at some point. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, set, that would be set cool. A, set a night. Maybe later this week. Shoot me. Uh, hit me up. and We'll see if we can uh, see if we can do that. Which
1: or we can all play my Atari Twenty Six Hundred.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, my gosh, that was that was a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sugar. i feel it was very cathartic though I'm not gonna lie yeah. guys i felt yeah. i felt very good about that has I listened, this I,
1: session helped you it with has your problems it has today? and
0: you know what else has helped me uh uh shadow of war middle earth shadow shadow of war also by e a but in the world of middle earth and you know what when I got to the the end of the meanest ethel level and i defeated the cave trolls, you know what happened a what? cut a cut scene and then propelled me to the next story it was amazing uh <laughs> You didn't have to walk back. I didn't. Nope. I sure did not. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Mr. Bruce Gibson, tell the people where they can find you on the internet.
1: Ooh, wow yeah you can find me on twitter at admiral underscore rex that's admiral with the underline rex and you can find me doing a show a podcast called positively Trek, and i bet you can guess what that's about mm, exactly
0: i like it i like it super easy um you can also find me on the internet i am on the internet uh the best place to do so is instagram at the riley guy r-i-l-e-y you can also find me on twitter um, but also follow the show at Star Wars Report. You can email us especially if you're a gamer <laughs> email us let <laughs> me know if i'm if, if I'm wacko or if this is like a real problem in game design uh, Star wars report at gmail.com You know I've had an email on the back burner for a while we're gonna try to get, we're gonna get to it next week um from my buddy Willie who talks has a really interesting sequel trilogy uh, alternative theory and analysis that we'll uh, jump into next week. Um, you can also find uh, the show on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Star Wars Report, or just Facebook.com slash Report. And if you're listening to us on the uh, Apple Podcasts app, please, please, please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the word out about the show. And uh, regardless of what platform you like, it's always good to share the show with a Star Wars friend. So if you know anyone who likes Star Wars, share the Star Wars Report podcast. Let them know about it. Um, hey, you can also... Support the show directly at Patreon.com/slash/StarWarsReport. That's where you can get Rogue Transmissions, our weekly bonus podcast. Had a lot of fun on that uh, recently. We haven't hit every week this month, but we've got some fun. we got some fun stuff coming coming to the Patreon soon, including uh, one of our infamous skype hangouts which will be coming up very soon for you guys who are patrons so uh stay tuned to the patreon inbox if you're not a part of the patreon make sure you head to patreon.com star wars report and that's where you can see all the cool bonuses and extras that we toss your way for helping out the show and supporting the show all proceeds go directly to helping the show be bitter bigger and badder did you and say bossier. bitter bitter i i mixed the two it's listen it's, <laughs> this uh, has been a bitter <laughs> show. Has been a bitter. <laughs> you know what, though? I like the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer. That was cool. That was great. Listen, it is a beefy Star Wars week for content. I'm not going to lie. I can't complain. It was a lot. It was a lot. Bruce, thanks so much for coming on, as always. May the yeah. Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died. Finish this
1: out, Bruce. To bring this podcast. ra
0: pa 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 ra ba ba ba. ra pa 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 Doodle du doodle doodle du doodle du doodle du much of that came through on the mic but
1: it sounded like you're doing that thing with your mouth like you know you're hitting your cheek
0: no i was i have an empty coke bottle that i was just kind of oh my own little percussion percussions uh but it it was almost like mandalorian though you noticed that in the trailer (laughs) yeah very ethnic anywho anyway that was the thing it was a show Good show, it mate. was.